to the podcast and thank you so much for joining me i really do appreciate it um and as usual i'm just gonna go ahead and jump right in and um this week i titled the episode what am i called to do i spent many of my earlier years of as a christian asking what am i called to do and i believe every believer at one time or another wants to know the answer to this question. Pleasing God is or should be the goal of all believers. The requirements for all who want to please God are they are that they must seek God by faith. Hebrews 11:6 tells us but without faith it is impossible to please God. If you want to please God you must walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Galatians chapter 5 verses 16 through 18 read, reads, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, but it's, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting with each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. And then if you continue to read Galatians 5 verses 19 through 23, 23, it defines what it looks like to walk in the flesh and what it looks like to walk in the Spirit. So I encourage you to open your Bible Go to Galatians chapter 5 and read through that. It'll be a blessing to you. And then finally, to please God, you must walk worthy of your calling in obedience and submission to the will of God. Um, Jesus made this very plain in John chapter 14, verse 15. He says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And so these things, these things may seem impossible to do, but God wants us to please him and he makes it possible for us to please him. We do these things by the power of the spirit, not in our own flesh, but by the power of the spirit who lives within us. So now I'm going to ask you to go with me down a goat trail and trust me, I'm going somewhere with this. So recently I've been looking at different Bible study methods. And as I always say, God is a personal God. He speaks to us differently. And so there's no one method of studying his word. So I found, I find, I found myself taking note of these different methods, but I was pulling just a little bit from each different, each different one to come up with a style that fits how I hear from God. And I understand this may change later on, but for now it's helping me hear God clearer and helping me to understand him a little bit better. And so with that being said, I came to an end and something just still didn't feel right. It felt like something was missing. And so I asked the Holy Ghost, show me what I don't know. Show me what I'm missing. Because like I said, I didn't feel settled in my spirit about the notes that I had created. And God is so faithful. 
So God reminded me of an app. So I think it was like a couple days later. Anyway, God reminded me of an app that I had downloaded years ago, and it's called the Olive Tree Bible Study. Now, within this app, you can download different versions of the Bible. You can download um, Bible study guides. You can download maps, dictionaries, commentaries, concordances, just about anything you can think of to help you study the Bible. It's all in one app, which makes it very convenient. So if you're traveling, um, if you're away from home, you still have access to all of your Bible study materials without having to lug around all those different books. And so I remembered specifically about the one of the very first apps that I had downloaded, and it's called the Dake Annotated Reference Bible. Now, the Dake Bible has tons of resources within it. It's huge. It's like one of the thickest, quote-unquote, Bibles that I've ever seen. But it has, like, notes um, by Mr. Dake, who spent, like, hours just in the presence of God, just writing down whatever the the Holy Spirit was explaining to him. But it has his notes. It has um, questions in there that people ask about the Bible. It has sermon outlines. It has definitions of words in the Greek and the Hebrew. And so, like I said, it's huge and it has a lot of information in it. And I have a physical Dake Bible, but I was reminded of the digital version that I had down, that I had, um, purchased years ago. So, um, I ended up, I downloaded it on my iPad again. And, um, there is a feature within the Olive Tree app that, You can um, be reading one version of the Bible and have a parallel version alongside it so you can compare the differences of the two versions as you read. So I decided to do this with the Dake Bible and the NLT version of the Bible. And so I went to Ephesians chapter 2 and I started in verse 7. God is so good. And I laugh whenever I say I started to read or I'm selecting a random scripture because As I'm reading, I find that I end up getting whacked by the Holy Ghost and he's orchestrating everything all along. And so he's just so amazing. So anyway, I'm reading in um, Ephesians chapter two and I start at verse seven and I go through verse 10 and um, the King James version reads that that in the ages to come, he God might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk therein. And so... Um, in the Dake Bible, in verse 10, the word workmanship has a scripture reference of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. So I go there and it reads, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life is, has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ and has given us this task of reconciling people to him. 
And the word reconciliation really stood out to me for some reason. I mean, it's like I'm reading these scriptures and for some reason, it's like they just make a lot more sense to me. And so I continue to read um, with verse 19. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Amen. We are made right with God through Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So it dawned on me that, you know, Christians, we want to be like God or Christ-like, and we, um, meaning we want to see things like he sees them, or we want to have his character, and every day we should be more and more like Christ. First John 2, 6 says, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. 1 Corinthians 11.1 1 says, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5 gives us a picture of what God did in verse, of what God did or, or, or how God is. It says, For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. God was in the ministry of reconciliation when he sent Jesus down to pay for our sins. And it also clearly says that we are now, that we are now given this task of reconciliation. We are to go and win souls and speak for Christ, pleading, come back to God. Amen. It is just clear as day. So growing up in church, I never thought, I was never taught how to win souls. All I thought was that you invite people to church and the pastor will win the souls when they give the altar call. And now that I think about it, if they even gave an altar call. But anyway, I thought, so in thinking about that, I thought like how many other Christians don't know how to win souls either? You know, you, you, then you think on the other side, you have the sinners that are out there and they honestly, if they've never been to church, they don't even know how to give their life to the Lord. They know something is missing, but they don't know how to get it. But if we look at the 12 disciples that Jesus sent out, he sent them out to win souls. He didn't say, bring them into the synagogue or bring them to me and I will pray for them. No, he said he sent the disciples out to win souls on the streets. Mark chapter six, verse seven reads, and he, Jesus called the 12 disciples together and began sending them out two by two, giving them the authority to cast out evil spirits. Hallelujah. So he sent them out on the streets to win souls. So truth be told, you can win souls in Walmart. You can win souls at the grocery store. You can win souls in a parking lot. But Christians need to be equipped with how to win souls so that when the Holy Ghost prompts you, prompts you, you can approach people and lead them to Christ. Because 
If the Lord highlights someone to you and urges you to speak to them, you can bet he is already working on their heart and he just needs a willing vessel on the other end to be his hands, to be his feet and to be his mouthpiece. The scripture in 2 Corinthians also tells us that we are Christ's ambassadors. An ambassador is an authorized representative or messenger. So we are here on this earth speaking on behalf of Christ, speaking his goodness, just like the disciples did when they went out. Jesus wasn't with them. When he initially sent them out two by two, he wasn't with them, but They were carrying his word, speaking on his behalf, and the same power, they had the same power that Jesus had, and they had the same authority. And what stood out to me as I read that verse in in Mark was that the disciples didn't even know that they had the authority and the power until they went outside of the presence of Jesus and did what Jesus commanded them to do. They had been in the presence of the word himself and something had been imparted to them, but they didn't know what they carried and what they had until they went out like he told them to do. Amen. That's so good. That just really blessed me. So the same is with you. If you have asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, the Bible tells us that the same power that was in Jesus is now in you. Romans chapter 8 verse 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Amen. Say amen. Hallelujah. So when you're out and about and you feel the Holy Ghost check you to speak to someone or to bless someone, you can now be confident that you are equipped with the same power and the same authority to do what God has called you to do. Now, how do you win souls? People have many methods, but what has been effective in our church is the soul winning script. And we got it from the river, um, the river church in Tampa Bay, Florida. And I will leave a link to the script and a link for the training. So if you're a, a visual person, you can download that material and read it and go through it and put it into practice. But it's also the prayer that I pray at the end of my um, podcast episodes. But basically, um, in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, it tells us how a person gets saved. And so it reads, If you say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved from the punishment of sin. When we believe in our hearts, we are made right with God. We tell our mouth how we were saved. We tell with our mouth how we were saved from the punishment of sin. So simply put, the unsaved person needs to say with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, and they need to believe in their heart that God Raise Jesus from the dead. Amen. So what are you called to do? You are called to the task of reconciliation. In Matthew 6, verse 33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. When you make God's business, when you make kingdom business your primary business, God will take care of you and yours. God is good and he is faithful. Amen. Amen. So 
If you're listening to this podcast, first of all, I just want to charge you. If you are a believer, I want to charge you with becoming familiar with um, Romans um, 10, 9 and 10. And pray that God would give you the boldness to share his gospel because that's what he wants. So you're, you're praying his will. And he will give you the boldness. And even if you feel like your heart is beating so fast that people can see it pumping out of your chest, you you still go because you have the word of God supporting you. But if you're listening to this podcast and you have never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior or you feel like something is missing and you don't know what that is, I'm here to tell you that it's Jesus. So I'm going to invite you to say this prayer with me. Say it out loud with your lips and mean it with all of your heart. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Jesus, Thank you that you died for me. I believe you are risen from the dead and that you're coming back again for me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the lost and a hunger for the things of God and a holy boldness to share your word and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm forgiven. And I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. And so I tell you, if you said that prayer, you can know that today, beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you were to die, you would find yourself in heaven because you have Jesus in your heart. And I want to encourage you with no matter what happens in life, no matter what questions you may have, always run to God and not from him because he loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life. Amen. So I pray that this blessed you today um, and you go out there, win souls, and you have a blessed day. Talk to you later. Bye.